Hello there, you fantasy cosmographers. This is the Fantasy Map, the most popular podcast about a 16-team salary cap superflex fantasy football league in the Mid-Atlantic region. Its sole purpose is to harass the owners of the league for their every decision. However, our audience keeps growing, so y'all don't seem to have a life as well. Welcome to the Mid-Atlantic premiere. Today we have Tyler of the Monocacy Street Meet, 4 and 5, Drew of the Darnstown Drews, 5 and 4, and myself, owner of the Imesville Cartographers, Oh, and nine. Gentlemen, this is my favorite week. I believe it. I really week. believe it's the most glorious it's the best week. week. Of the season it is why, our, it is why we have fans across the country listening to this because they know no other league has a trade deadline like ours. Yeah, Nobody well, does. Well, it's, it's honestly, most dynasty leagues don't have a trade deadline. It's, no. it's relatively unusual. But because we do, we've got desperate teams meeting desperate teams, and all of a sudden, fireworks ignite this is like being at the bar i don't know at 2 a.m right because wow. 10 trades happened this week and and the dregs that are getting traded i mean that's what i love is just the mediocrity being shifted across lines for desperate fillers i mean people are looking for wide receiver threes rb threes they're looking for defenses and kickers it's beautiful yeah, for some of these teams uh you know the lights came on the music stopped and they looked around the room and there was only one other person left on the dance floor for them to go home with yeah no no 100 percent. i mean don't get me wrong last week I, I i did the same thing and and i i came home with dk metcalf right and i'm like i know i feel a little dirty it feels a little bit like a cheap kind of like no, the, the drunk metcalf, one that's like a midnight kind of like you're like yeah okay, okay, no, right, it wasn't too like, late it was not cigarettes outside the bar late but it was like it was 12 30 Meanwhile, Gentlemen. over here at 2 a.m., we got Kyler Murray jumping into my car. So that you two were just dirty. Yeah. <laughs> that was listen. What we didn't even wrap it. You know what I mean? We just went for it, and it was great. Honestly, no regrets. I do. I'm gonna get tested, but no regrets. Nothing. A little, uh, you know, penicillin can't can't fix. How far can we kill this joke? I think we could go further, boys. Oh, I think, I think we we're gonna there. be running this the entire episode. The entire episode. We may have lost our clean rating. Oof, I feel like we're just like right on the line now. Listen, I, honestly, I just want to get almost immediately to the trades, but I feel like we have to talk about last week's games, right? We've got to do like our yeah. fans want to know who won, who didn't win. So let's just get really into it as fast as we possibly can. First matchup last week, we had Ionville Cartographers 0-9 losing to the Vienna Rams of the best 7-2 30 to 117. Really, all there is to say is that the Rams scored the second most points, which is pretty impressive considering their running back situation. And But with even without Justin Jefferson, obviously, all of their wide receivers scored double-digit points. you got to love it. Uh, this team is just definitely one of the favorites. And after this trade week, which we're going to get into, I mean, I don't want to say the favorite favorite, but, like, obviously top three. Top three. I think top three. Um, I will have different opinions on the favorite favorite, but um, I think top three and, and the team team has has holes, but it's it's going to put up points every week. And uh, Dave's back where he was uh, and back where he belongs this is kind of like the class of ownership in our league. We hate to say it, but it is true. And this is why he's always competing and always trying to make a move. A hundred percent. And, you know, you say that team has holes. We'll get to it in the trade in the trade section, but they did they did work to address those holes. So they did. Uh, they did. Moving on, uh, we have 
Joe's Primo team beating the Frederick Scrubs 69.82 to 67.94. This barn burner came down to Monday night. What an end. Yeah. You know, Justin Herbert, seven points. You know, you never thought you were going to dip below 10, even against this stout Jets defense. Um, Brees Hall and Michael Carter barely eked it out for the Joes, uh, combining for 13.4. I mean... Go one ahead, of the go lowest. Ahead. I mean, it's it's it is, if not the lowest, one of the lowest combined scores of the week. Um, we had the ground and pound and fancy footwork, which we'll get to in just a second, uh, outdo them. But this was, or yeah, barely. So I mean, not a whole lot more to touch on here. Uh, two teams uh, right in the thick I, of it who just had a bad week. I do think. I mean, bad week, yes, but the end of that game was incredible to watch, right? Because it came down to uh, kind of garbage time stuff, right? Both of the there's two games that came down to garbage time stuff, but Michael Carter had one, two catches for, I think, like six yards going into that last drive, gets four catches for 24 yards, ekes ahead on that last drive. Um, and this is this is a game that has like huge ramifications down the line for one of these teams. And if they make the playoffs, we're going to look back at this game where these two teams had a terrible week. And we're going to go look back at that last drive and Michael Carter, of all things, becoming freaking i don't know uh antonio gibson just catching balls out of the backfield and that's all he did wild end to that game yeah you're you're spot on um i do think both these teams eventually end up riding the ship and getting to the playoffs they're two of the four highest scoring teams in the league um it's just you know they do both keep running into these weird weeks where they just can't get the points so they they really have been super far apart scoring in the 150s one week and like we saw this week in the 60s uh, moving on to the second game, we have Virginia ground and pound doing its best to get to, to zero wins. Unfortunately, they put one up early in the season. So they're one and eight. They scored a whopping 54 points this week and fancy footwork, uh, based on what we'll hear about in the trade section, uh, seems like they're trying to get backwards too. unfortunately picking up a win here with 111 points, uh, CJ Stroud, really, really just wow. an incredible performance. And I think, you know, if you're Zach and Jake looking ahead to next year, um, both of these teams have something to look forward to in the next year or two. Um, you know, CJ Stroud looks like the real deal. Um, he's going to be here for a long time. And then, you know, you've got some other young talent on this team and Jonathan Mingo, um, John Michi's still floating around to Desmond Ritter for what that's worth. And then Jonathan Taylor has survived so far on his, his bench on what's kind of a friendly deal if he can, can manage to hold on to him next year. Uh, good building blocks for Zach with a couple first round picks in hand too. Um, and then for Tim, you know, he's got the running backs, uh, Bijan and, and Gibbs. So this is really about next year for them at this point. And we'll see what happens the rest of the way through the trade deadline for these two. Yeah. I mean, obviously the CJ Stroud trade was just brilliant, right? Cause you went from picking up a first, I think he traded Darren Waller to get a first. Then he traded ETN. Did he trade that first too, and then, or, or did you just trade Etn to go up to 108 with you, Drew, and then he traded 108 to go up again yeah. to 104 to be able to draft CJ yeah. Stroud? He went from 107 to to 104. I, I I traded yeah I traded back from Etn, um, and he used the capital I think that he got from my 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 trade with him. I gave him two firsts, um, so to get back up in there. Um, so yeah, obviously. Brilliant moves. Let's get on to the next matchup. We've got the Maniac Loose Cannons, 5-4, and four, losing to the Arlington Darlings, 6-3. and three. 
93 to 125. Obviously, when you've got two playoff potential teams, there are big consequences whenever you lose. This could be the nail in the coffin for the loose cannons, but even if it is, even if it is, I think you have to love the fact that Will Levis has been named the starter. He didn't have a great game last week, but named the starter. So pick 21, looking like his QB starter for next season, which means he's big up P- Puka Nuka, <laughs> whatever his name Puka is. Puka Nuka. <laughs> I'm sorry, Koopa, what? Koopa Troopa, I think Koopa is what he's going to be called. Listen, I've got to keep it up. Can't pronounce any single player's name, right? But And Will Levis. I mean, it's maybe one of the best second round we've seen in a long time. On the flip side, we've got the Darling securing the uh, a win, had the most points in the league. Really impressive. Obviously, I, I think they're almost destined for the playoffs at this point. Um, but got to be excited for Mike Ryan and honestly for the Cannons as well. Uh, next game we have on uh, the calendar here is Punxsutawney Pensive Parakeet. Still, you know, pacing the league with wins, right? Um, and and he doesn't always do it pretty, but he he does get it done. And and one hundred four this week happened to be it's a buy Mageddon, right? Not a bad point total um, for this week, which is one of the worst weeks for buys league wide. Um, and and really the nail in the coffin of the story here is and 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 we saw it with this past week. We'll get it to later in the podcast. Kind of writing on the wall for Streets Meets. He needed to win this game somehow. Um, uh, didn't really come close. One hundred four to seventy three point six six, and and it really uh, ended uh, ended the season for him. Um, the 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 next game, uh, actually a little bit closer of a game than. Maybe it looked going into Monday night, right? Going into Monday night, it was a twenty-one point uh, spread, and it was it looked like it all home run hitters had was LA Chargers D and and Philly City wide had Keenan Allen ends up seven points because Chargers D puts up twenty-five points. He really needed Keenan Allen uh, to not lay an egg, and uh, Keenan Allen didn't. Got him eleven point seven points, um, and Philly City wide has to be feeling good. Still in first in that division. It's a tight division, uh, maybe the 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 toughest one in the league. And uh, he's 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 feeling good with Lamar Jackson, MVP uh, candidate pacing him. A.J. Brown, Offensive Player of the Year candidate pacing him. Next up, we've got the Lewisburg Luchadors, three and six, losing to the Jagannath, four and five, 66 to 87. And this is, gentlemen, the sixth straight loss for the Luchadors. It also happens to be the sixth game with Devontae Adams. Not quite what you were looking for with that trade. Feels pretty bad. Uh, he had three goose eggs on his team last week. I don't know. There, it just. I, I think it's just one of crueler. Those. I think it's crueler for you to be saying all this. You know what? <laughs> I feel bad. Like I, I texted him. Like I, I'm rooting for Devonte Adams. I have no reason not to. Right? Like there, there's. I have no skin in the game this season. It just feels. It just feels bad, right? When we uh, institute team slogans, I think free Devante will be under um, under the <laughs> Luchador mask for, for Justin. Um, it's been rough since he made that trade. Um, I don't think that's the only problem. I think you've seen Kenny Pickett turn into um, a pumpkin. And Damian Pierce has really just continued to slide back and back and back, uh, showing that like fourth-round talent. All the while, George Pickens has become the kind of boom-bust player. Uh, I think he's probably destined to be, and the boom weeks are going to be awesome, and the bust weeks are going to look like this with two receptions for on screens that went backwards. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I think this team is is honestly pretty well constructed, but you see why they're getting out of the out of this here because the pieces all fell apart. So, and then going on to the jacket off, uh, obviously Dak and Ravens D are almost completely responsible for this win. They scored twenty eight and seventeen respectively. No one else really did that much, but I don't even know how much to talk about this team. They've made a bunch of moves that we're going to get into in the next segment, so I think I'm just going to skip on to what is certainly our game of the week. Breeze Nuts, 6-3, and three, losing to the Darnstown Drews, 5-4, and 107-112. to 112. You know, two weeks ago on this podcast, we thought that was a certain loss for the Drews. Not so much. Tyler, why don't you start off since... You've got no skin in this game. What were your thoughts about this game? I, I mean, my biggest takeaway from this game is if you're the nuts, you have the opportunity to push yourself into, honestly, second, potentially first place, right? If they pick up a win and the Parakeets had lost to me, they're moving into into pole position in the, in the league. Um, go get a quarterback, any quarterback, right? And... You know, they did it this week, right? They went out and got somebody, I think. Um, we'll cover that in the in the trade deadline piece here. But, like, you have an opportunity. And the game was decided by less than six points. Um, you really could have picked up almost anybody. Um, obviously, like, just on the background, I tried to take too much from them for Brett Rippon. It wouldn't have made a difference, but at least you would have seen a move and positive points there. Um anybody else right and i'm sure they made the calls and maybe they just couldn't get it done in time um but to think pj walker putting up a goose egg was going to give you the win here that's just, uh, i know actually yeah. for a fact that they were on the phone trying to get dak did not realize the deadline oh and no. they were like yeah i mean oh, that, like that, a Sunday? It is, for those in our audience that don't know our league we have a 24-hour window where the tr- the league gets to approve or veto any trade. No trade has been vetoed that way. Mm. However, it causes a 24-hour delay, and so we cannot have trades happen after 12 p.m. on Saturday. It's yeah, really I didn't realize. That. So I didn't know that they but damn, they were that close. And it would have made a to difference. To be fair, it would have made a difference, but it's why I got DK when I got DK, right? It's why I overpaid for DK when I overpaid for DK. Now, to be fair, it real like it looks like it made a difference in this game because that's technically the difference in points. It didn't. I would have had two points yeah, from like points. um I, I would have had two points from uh from like Kadarius Tony or Nick Westbrook Ikini and I would have won anyway. But but that's why I did it, right? Um and yeah. and yeah, I, I mean I, I, I am very thankful he didn't have a quarterback. Um, I knew I, I really would be in a much better position if I win this game. Um, putting up 111 points, and if I had lost, that would have been heartbreaking, especially this week. I mean, this, that, and I think putting up 111 points and 106 points on this week, this is by Mageddon. This is a, this was a down week. I think 80 something was the average or something like that, 89 or something like that. But still, man, am I glad he didn't have a quarterback? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, even without it, he almost. Almost won. One, right? Like, you, you, the big difference in this matchup was the Zach Wilson fumble that left the ball on the two-yard line for the Chargers, yeah. and then Austin Eckler punches Austin it Austin Eckler. Next yep. play. Yeah. And that Huge. turned out to be the difference. That was going to, like, like I, I had given up almost. 
I'd almost give it, it looked like, oh man, I somehow I get 10 points in the first half and I'm not going to get there somehow. The first play on the first like drive, like I got 10 points in the first quarter and I was like, oh, this is over. It's a wrap. Man, you know, wild. KDOT and Cleveland Browns almost carried him to a, to a win here. Do we have anything more? Because like all I want to do is just get to the trades. Trades, trades. Let's get to the trades. Let's go. Let's go. All right. So first off, now I I bragged that we had nine trades in one week so far. But three of them were kicker trades. So like, who fucking cares? There were defense trades. We're going to go over really good. Please don't judge us for still having defenses and kickers in our league. I don't know why we do it, but it's it's part of the institution now. And I think we just have all accepted it. The (laughs) Einstein Cartographers received the Miami Dolphins defense. Uh, for and the Arlington Darlings received the Atlanta Falcons defense. The second trade, I, the Maniac Loose Cannons. I'm going to go ahead and shake my head. Byron, you're on this podcast. I want to know. What? Well, what's why, the benefit why for you? I, why would I make such a trade? What's the benefit for you in this trade? Well, what's the benefit for me in this trade? The benefit for me in this trade is I believe in the era of Ryan. All right. Oh, okay. All right. You know, sometimes you go out I on the limb. Sense a little bit of collusion here. Collusion. A little no collusion. collusion. A little collusion. Two individuals plotting against the league. Yeah. In this situation, it's just me plotting against the league. Mike Ryan didn't care. <laughs> you. Let me ask you another question. Follow up. Who approached who? I approached Mike. I know. <laughs> Hey, that's, know, for gosh, that's for goddamn ridiculous. You know, two years ago, Drew and I swapped defenses and were ridiculed on this podcast for not, you know, including a second, getting a second round pick back for helping Drew avoid the bye week uh, zero. How well, do you feel? How do you feel now, Byron? Well, in in defense, you mm-hmm. traded the Rams defense, which was like a top five defense at that time. This is trading defense number 24 for number 26. Really doesn't matter that much. The argument which is the manioc loose cannons receiving Riley Patterson, kicker for the Detroit Lions, and Darnstown Drush receiving Harrison Butler, kicker obviously for the Kansas City Chiefs. I've got to say, I don't find this actually very ridiculous. I think this is a Slam dunk for the Drush, but it's a kicker for a kicker, so who knows what happens. He needed a kicker, man, and that's what you do. I, I, he needed a kicker. And then the final trade that we don't really care about, Joe's primo team receives Anders Carlson and Tutu Atwell, and the Vienna Rams receive Dalton Schultz for Brandon McManus. And gentlemen, actually, I put this in the don't care territory. I like the Dalton Schultz trade going to the Rams. That's a four-year contract, $5 on a team that just got a very good quarterback that is likely only going to improve. And Dalton Schultz has had some impressive games. I I don't think – I think when I attributed this this as a kicker trade, it's because kickers were involved. But the actual value – and once again, this is where you give Dave all the credit in the world. You got Schultz. Shark. Shark. Absolute shark. Shark. I, you know, I agree, but, but it also does solve a problem for the Joes, which is wide receiver depth and like playable wide receivers with the injury to Josh Downs looming, um, Brandon Johnson being a nothing, Jalen Tolbert being a nothing and Jalen Hyatt being nothing right now. 
Atwell really could like actually need to be inserted into this lineup at some point. Um, so getting rid of Dalton Schultz, who is redundant with George Kittle and Jake Ferguson and Chigi Okonkwo on that roster. Like, I think this trade is win-win for both of them. Dave struggled at tight end all year. I know he's been looking to fill that gap with someone reliable. Schultz fills this gap. I actually think this is like an A for Dave and a solid B, B plus for the Joes. I, I, I agree with the logic there, and, and I think you're you're right. You're not going to get a whole lot. I, I still think it's an A plus for Dave because it's a it's a hole, right? And I think it's just a B. It's just an average. Like as much as like you lose on value overall, it's not like it makes sense, right? I don't yeah. think you're gonna get much better than Tutu Atwell for Dalton Schultz, but Schultz is a really good thing, and Schultz could win Dave some games. Could be not much. Could win him some games, um, and could go from having just like a five point Pitts week to a fifteen point Dalton Schultz week. That's big. Yeah, and I mean, like, I think Dalton Schultz, they have, like, what, 130 yards, 10 catches, a touchdown, and 12 targets last season, uh, last week? Like, yeah. it's now, not even, like, 15 points, right? We're talking about 25 points. How many 495-yard games is C.J. Stroud going to have? Probably he not could, that many. Not that many, but he's good enough to have 495-yard games, which means I would want Schultz. Schultz is one of the tight ends right now I would want. All right, yeah. now let's get into what I would qualify as the real trades. What I've done is I've ordered it into what I think has the most profound effects on this season. So the first trade that I have up is actually one that I think we just referenced. The Monocacy Street meets receive... Damn it, I said it again. Monocacy Street meet receive Kyler Murray, quarterback, Arizona, $37.00. He's actually 74, but he's IR'd, which means that he gets his contract cut in half while on IR, but he cannot play again this season. That's a three-year deal. In exchange, the Ionsville cartographers receive Nick Chubb, who is also IR'd, $70 normally. His value currently is $35 on a two-year deal. And the Monocacy Street meets second-round pick. Drew, since you're the only one not involved in this trade on this podcast, why don't you start off? I, yeah, I won't lie, Tyler. I don't understand this trade. Um, I mean, it takes a lot for me to think. I mean, I thought it was a mistake for folks to keep Kyler Murray going into this season, right? Like, I was like $74 or whatever it was. That was a lot going into this season. So, like... There's a lot going into next, um, especially when there's a very good chance he's not the starting quarterback for the Cardinals. We have no idea. So why, why give up draft capital for uh, for him? And, you know, both like a certain perspective, both of these are like player for next year. Maybe neither player do you really want. I don't know why you're giving up the second um, here. I think they're like Chubb, like – if this was even for even, if it was Chubb for Murray, I'd be like, okay, that, that kind of like makes sense. Both of these are shots in the dark that they're very valuable next year. Chubb coming off a of major, his second major injury, Kyler Murray, like, um, but he's a quarterback. He's, he, he could be starting. So maybe just a little bit more value. I just thought, man, I, 
I don't see a world where you really want to keep him for $74, right? If he was, if his contract was like $40, if his contract was like something that you can keep, then I'm like, yeah, you're, you're taking a shot at having a quarterback next year. That has value. $74. I don't see the value. I give, I give uh, Byron a, 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 an A and I give uh, Tyler like a C, uh, C minus. I don't, I don't see why uh, it's done. Uh, it's not like egregious, but it's, I'm confused. Yeah, but explain I, it to me. Yeah, I can go first. Um, so I think we've seen time and again with running backs, regardless of age, uh, an ACL injury or an Achilles injury, um, Liz Frank injuries, foot injuries. It's not a one-year injury. It takes them a full year and then another season before they return. If they've been an RB1 to be on the fringe RB1 or RB1 train, if they're an RB2, if they ever get back to RB2 status, um, if not like fringe RB2, RB3, right? So that was my first thought with Nick Chubb going. Also, um, you know, I thought, you know, I'm sitting at four and five. There's a ton of teams bunched between six and three and three and six. Um, I originally was trying to make the salaries work to bring Kyler over and see what happens for the rest of this year, stay competitive. But once I decided to send uh, in another trade, we'll get to in a minute. Once I decided to send Amon Ra St. Brown out, um, being able to just send Chubbs for $35 out and not having a lot of faith in him um, for the IR Kyler made the most sense to me. And Drew, you touched on one thing that I'm actually excited about, which is the possibility that he won't be with the Cardinals next year. Now the hope is that he's not, you know, the third pitcher in the Oakland A's rotation um, by week one, um, pitching in the playoffs for them if they're in Vegas. Um, but I think he'll be on another another team. Um, I think you could see him moved and starting for someone um, in a better organization that knows how to handle him. Think uh, an organization in New England, maybe, that'll be looking for a quarterback um, who kind of has the, the gravitas to, to handle someone like him, right? Or something like that. And maybe not. And then I can cut him. And all I've given up is what's probably not going to be a top four or maybe even five second round pick, which for those of you who aren't aware, we have a 16 team league. So think of that more as an early third round pick. Um, so what I gave up was a, a running back who will be 27 coming off of an ACL tear and a third round pick for someone who has been an electric dynamic top 10 to 15 level fantasy quarterback in the time he's played. So that was my logic. Um, and yeah, the price tag's really high, but it it's locked in for the next two years. Over the next two years, I can have two potentially top top like QB1s for $165 total um, and a lot of room to uh, to work with as I keep yeah. that first round pick. So I mean, just talking about it from the other side of the, the table, I would not have it for the exact same reason, Tyler, just... I think very clearly evinced. I would not have traded Murray for Chubb because as a tanking team, I would have gotten eight weeks to see how Murray performed, right? Like maybe Murray doesn't, maybe he is terrible, but he could also be good. Like I, I talked a lot of shit about him when I got him originally because I was very much trying to get Kyle's first. But then all of a sudden, as he started coming back, I started getting a little hyped. I started getting some feedback early on. What really hurt me, to be honest with you, was 
fuck, he had to come back after the trade deadline. That was fucking brutal because I really, really thought when he started practicing in full two weeks ago that I would have gotten one matchup where I could either sold him for a little bit higher or not, but unfortunately it didn't happen. So I think we probably covered this trade, so everyone feel good? All right, let's go on to the next trade. Don't love this one. Lewisburg Luchadors receive Kyle Pitts. He's on a one-year deal. It means he turns into an RFA next year. It's a $12 contract. Uh, Vienna Rams receive uh, Gerald Everett, $5, who's on a four-year non-escalating deal at $5. And Gus Edwards, who's on a three-year deal, escalating $7 contract and a 2024 second Tyler, I can see you very eager to talk about this trade. Please, why don't you start? I think I'm going to be the minority opinion on this um, only because I'm not going to give it a D. I'm going to give it a C- minus for the Luchadors, so we'll get that grade out of the way early. Um, I don't really understand the logic regardless for the Luchadors. You have two relatively affordable players um, going back to, to Vienna here, for a player whose performance history is checkered at best. Now, what I, what I would have understood is if the Luchadors were aggressive and looking to move up out of three and six, um, regain some of that, had some confidence in the way that their season had gone early, and they're trading for Kyle Pitts. Um, but what they gave up was one of their best performing running backs on the season in Gus Edwards on a great deal and that draft capital and they it's it's an overpay i still think kyle pitts is good and i think that with taylor heineke in he's going to be better as the season goes along for almost any other team i think this makes sense it's still an overpay no matter who you are but for almost any other team it makes sense to go out and get him if you're trying to get better at the tight end position i just don't i don't see why you're giving up those other pieces if you're Justin and so like you're getting worse, not better, but getting better with the play. Like I yeah. don't, yeah, no, I, I, I don't, I still like the asset though. I, I, like I the would have understood. You can throw Gus ever Everett out of this trade. doesn't matter. Right. Everett's just nothing. Um, but I, I would have like accepted the logic on either one of the other two assets. Right. If you're like three and six, Gus Edwards, like, yeah, he's got value this season, but who's really going to overpay for uh, an RB2 for long term? And you're like, I'm going to get Kyle Pitts on my team. He's not, he's for the future. I believe in Kyle Pitts. He's got talent. I'm going to get him for a cheap locked in contract this offseason. And I believe that his future is going to be bright. I kind of believe that too, right? Like, I, I, I could convince myself like uh, right. an eight seven dollar tj hawkinson like locked in deal this offseason which is probably what he's on pace to go for right now unless he blows up in the second half of the season there's no reason to think he will okay it's the it's the both the the gus edwards and the 2024 round two while you're trading back a tight end who's actually basically performing at the same level as Pitts this season so like what is what exactly is the reason that you couldn't have stuck to it. I think Dave pulls the trigger on just Gus Edwards here. I genuinely do think if you just hold to Gus Edwards and only Gus Edwards, Dave will pull that trigger because he actually needs Gus Edwards to a certain extent this season. Like that is a improvement on his team, right? I don't think he does it for the 2024 round two, 
I think he does it for Gus Edwards. I think that's where the mistake was made. And I think I would have been like, that's a BB trade. Instead, it's a D, um, as Tyler kind of alluded to where I was going to go. It's a D. You just lost. And it's just so unequivocal of a loss that um, you can't do it. You can't really say anything otherwise. And, and again, an A for, for Dave. Um, fills a hole, gets rid of a bad underperforming player. Um, I do I do think there's a there's some intelligence to the logic. So, like, I like Kyle Pitts moving forward at some point. You just could have gotten him for less. Yeah, listen, gentlemen, you have to, like, let, let's get out of the realm of complete perfect logic and let's get into the mind of Justin O'Brien. This is a man who was in our 2023 RFA draft and he missed out on four tight ends in a row. He won the bid and the RFA contracts got held. He's got, he's, it's some PTSD lingering here, right? And then you ta- add on six straight losses. <laughs> of course he goes for pits. This makes complete sense. He's making sure. You're right. AA. AA. They draft. It never happens again. He gets to do it to somebody else. I get the logic completely. Justin, brilliant trade. AA. AA. You're right. That was, a, that was the best argument uh, of the pod. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but, but also, it's a terrible trade. Moving on. We've got Jagunov. <laughs> We've got the Jagunov receiving three second round picks. Uh, the first being of the Punskantani Parakeets in 2024. The second being the 2024 second round picks of the Philly Citywide. And the third being the 2025 second round pick of the Pensive Parakeets. He also got Derek Carr. What did the Parakeets get in exchange? Dak Prescott, quarterback, the Dallas Cowboys, who's on a three-year escalating deal at $50. Drew, you haven't gotten to start. What do you think of this? Steven, this is an even trade. Just a smart trade. Just that's good. Just good trade, right? Uh, not an overpay for Dak Prescott. You're not paying for for a world beater, but you're paying for a much better quarterback. Fifty dollars matching. Derek Carr is not really what you're doing. You're improving, and you're, you know how much are you improving by? Three second round picks. I, I think it's I think it's just good value. Uh, Jackanoff made a right move, right? Um, I I like the players that Jackanoff kept, right? Like, don't get me wrong, man. I tried with this team personally, right, to um, to go after Garrett Wilson, to go after uh, Jalen Waddle, right? I wanted um, those two. I, I like the players he kept. I like the players he traded. Um, good good trade. And on the other side, Pence Parakeets, like, yeah, you know, you have Patrick Mahomes, but go ahead and improve that $50 quarterback for a better $50 quarterback um, and, and go all in this year. Uh, I don't have a qualms with this trade. Just a solid B plus, B plus, for me, for me. I feel very similarly to Drew. I'm not going to repeat it all. I just, I, you got better. It, I, you know, if you could have held on to one of those seconds, do it. But it's like, you got to pay what you got to pay. And when you have the opportunity to win the league, you go out. And, What's that 2025 pick going to do for you? What's that? What are those picks going to do for you in the second round? Like I just discussed, those are third rounders, really. That's like Marvin Mims. That's a tight end who's not going to develop for years anyways. That's Aiden O'Connell. We don't care about those picks, right? Go out, get your guy. It's, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) No, 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 you're not though. Like there is one, right? There is one every year, but there's only one. And you're talking about a super deep dart throw to get that one. And so instead, what you did was go out and get 
somebody who's a perennial top 12 quarterback um, in the fantasy world and probably real life too. So, Yeah, I have nothing to add. I think that's very well said, very cogent. Let's get into the next trade, which is me. The I am Carto- the Iamsville Cartographers receive the Breezewood Nuts 2025 first round pick and a bunch of trash in exchange for the Breezewood Nuts receive DeAndre Swift, who's on a three-year deal for $35. Obviously, we're getting into more important nuanced stuff here. So for those not in our league, that's about 11-12% of our salary cap. Uh, and then he also received Carson Wentz on a three-year deal, escalating $10. Let's go again, starting with you, Drew. What do you think of the trade? This is this is, is another... We expected this, possibly expected this trade. I think the only debate for Byron was, you know, do I hold on to DeAndre Swift? It's a good contract, and, and he could be in my window towards the tail end of it or not. Um, he's got a lot of 2025 firsts. We're all going to be, you know, I, I don't think he's going to use them all. I think he's going to, when we get to 2025, probably trade some of them. Um, but uh, maybe trade him to for 2026 first. Who knows? But... Um, it makes sense. I think it, it makes Breezewood um, a little bit scarier. That they're already a scary team, right? They they needed some help at running back. Uh, if you if you look at their team, I you just don't trust their running backs. So uh, so yeah, another another same same, just kind of like B plus B plus. Yeah, I don't know that I that I super love this trade but i think you got the value you were looking for for swift right like i'll never be incredibly high on him i just don't think he's the end all be all of running backs but he has demonstrated this year this explosive capability that um i think if you're looking to to get value 35 dollars for it is perfect if you're the nuts and they needed a running back ford's been hurt montgomery's been hurt it really does shore them up and and to pay the tw- it's it's the same argument that i just made for parakeets you have a chance to get into that upper echelon, win the championship, go out and get that quarterback, go out and get that running back in this case. So I think maybe you could have used that asset to get a second quarterback instead um, if they were available, something like the DAC trade, but to get, you know, probably one of the three to four best players available at the deadline, good move. I'd give, I honestly give the nuts a, an A and Byron, you still get an A. Congrats on another pick. I- you know, actually, you know, the more I think about it, like I think part of me in judging these trades has a little bit of Byron fatigue, right? Um, with the the number of firsts he gets, and you know, I'm real quick to to jump all over it when Byron, you know, swindles a guy or something like that. If I'm actually being objective about this trade, Breezewood actually probably got the better end of the deal, right? Like if you're just looking at it from like the RB eight who's getting like 20 touches a game, um. You know, to be fair, like I think if I, if we're being more, if I'm being a little bit more consistent with with how I've traded these trades in the past, I think I think Breezewood like should look at this as like you don't you, he didn't just get an asset for this season, right? It'd be like one thing if he got like a, a rental player, DeAndre could be his running back for the future. Um, so I think he he did more. I'd actually be more like B plus to B minus for Byron. Like not a terrible like he he all Byron wanted twenty twenty five first, right? Like we got that. Um, but if you're just looking at it in value, I think Breeze would actually won. I agree entirely. Like the when you when you look at it, any other 
trade where this would happen where you're talking about a running back who's been top eight, even though he's had a game where he wasn't, you know, he had a goose egg essentially in the first game. He's still top eight the entire season. You have to like that player. I was very much considering keeping him. I just didn't quite see it. I was waiting to kind of be proven that I should hold on to him and, you know, obviously risk him getting injured or having just kind of some bad games and then losing a little ground to another running back on the team. And so I eventually decided to just not take the risk, take the asset that I know will not depreciate over the next two years. Because I could have had it first for DeAndre Swift five weeks ago, right? And I... The one thing that we didn't talk Easily. about is we, there, there is Carson Wentz, right? He just got signed to the Rams. Yep. This isn't some like great player, but for the nuts who have Stafford, this is a little bit of extra protection for them as well. So uh, I think absolutely the nuts won this trade. They did. Let's move on to the next trade, which is Jagadoff. And this one hurt because it followed immediately after the Swift trade, but the Jagadoff received Brandon Cook's Michael Carter, a 2024 first-round pick, and a 2025 second-round pick, both of which owned by Joe's Primo team. And the Joe's Primo team in this deal received Alvin Kamara. $37 on a three-year deal. Uh, Let's start with you, Tyler. What do you think of this? Yeah, I'm I'm still trying to figure out exactly what I think about this trade because while I, I, I've been like heavily against uh, I inquired about Kamara, first of all. I'll just be full just full candor here. Um I'm also like heavily against getting these older running backs. When you look at the year he's having though, who cares? Right? Like he's been electric, he's been incredible. You know, he had a few weeks off and it really helped him out here. Um, you know, now we'll see what the rest of his season turns out to be. And the injury risk is always there, especially as you elevate in age. I do wonder if for the Joes, this wasn't the right move. Um, you know, they give up a lot of first and a second for this guy. Who's probably not going to be on their team next year. Um, maybe he keeps him, but I, I find it hard to believe that the saints are keeping Kamara past this season. Um, the bigger thing is that, you know, if you're the Joes and you've scored, almost if not the most points in the league still i haven't checked after this week but they're towards the top of the points scored going out and upgrading at running back when there are other holes on this team that you could have filled i don't know if that's the right move um i still give him a b b plus even um but for cj getting two picks back for a 29 28 year old running back who just was suspended for three games like a plus uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think Drew, I disagree. Before you actually Go ahead. start, I'd like to add in one piece of information. As you know, gentlemen, I, I, I text a lot. I like to learn reasoning why. And I'd like to put this into your ear. What if I told you that this trade involved a lot of alcohol? What do you think about that? I'm not surprised. To be fair, I mean, uh, I, I think if it's on, uh, I think th- th- they they should do it more often because they've made. Uh, if it's the team that I think was drunk, they've made worse trades this year 
sober than this trade. Um, and I think, the, I, think I reject the, that immediately out of hand. Also, like, <laughs> just to be clear, this podcast is fueled by fueled by alcohol. So, like, yeah, a hundred percent. I'm drunk right now. Look, that's for sure. I do think this trade immediately put Byron's trade, as he just said, to shave. Like, Kamara is a shorter-term asset. He's a rental-ish player. He's not getting re-signed in New Orleans, and he's about the same contract. He's more expensive, and he got way more. Okay, so from that perspective, true. But with that said, um, I do think, um, you know, it makes I, – I disagree with Tyler that it doesn't fill a hole – his hole was his flex, right? It wasn't a running back hole. His hole is a super flex. Um, AR-15's out. This is filling in that he doesn't have that. And I think from that perspective, it makes him strong. I'm scared. I'm in his division. I don't like it. Don't get me wrong. I think my running backs are right on par with his, my top three. But it's scary. Um, it's it's very scary. And it makes his team better. Um, makes sense. Maybe a little bit of an overpay. Absolutely. But go for it. Yeah, you have my I, blessing. I've got really nothing to add too much to this. I, I I do think it's an overpay for Kamara. I think you could probably could have got him cheaper. But obviously, Alex, he is definitely one of the teams you need to be concerned about. I believe what is he fourth in the league in terms of points? Christian McCaffrey any given week can throw up fifty. So all you really need. What am I wrong? He's he's number he's one too. Yeah. Second. Second. Breezewood, Joe's, Frederick, me. Those are the top four. Drew, I agree that his flex is the problem, but where he's weakest and where you want to fill your flex is from that wide receiver spot, I think. Um, you know, if McCaffrey or Brees Hall go down and you're sliding Kamara in, great. If if we already just saw he is going to replace Josh Downs with Tutu Atwell right now. He's got like, a top five wide receiver in Terry McLaurin, so we're good. All right, we're going to go back to that. Cool. Uh, moving on. All right. Vienna Rams are the best. Okay, gentlemen, by the way, I have to say that this is my favorite trait. Tyler, you're laughing so hard. What are you laughing at? Just the He's throwback to the Terry McLaurin is a, uh, you know, one Top of the best five wide receiver for Mac uh, Jones. Hang that jersey already. Um yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a beautiful trade in retrospect. I have him on five is, other teams. It's been rough. This is, I think, honestly, my favorite trade out of all of them. I think it's brilliant. I love it for both sides. I've already tipped my hand. But it, I, I, I'm just shocked because I think this is so fair. Vienna Rams are the best, receives Amon Ross St. Brown, one dollar. He's on the last year of his deal. Seven dollars. And Gardner Minshew is on a three-year, four-dollar deal. But obviously, all the value is this season while he's you know replacing uh, Anthony Richardson. In exchange, the Monocacy Street Meats receive Jamison Williams on a two-year deal for a twelve-dollar contract. A, the Rams twenty twenty-five, or excuse me, twenty twenty-four first. And their 2025 second, actually it was the Monocacy Streets meets 2025 second. I, I love this trade. Drew, you weren't involved in it. Why don't nah, you? No, nah, no. I want, I want to hear why you love it. Um, so, so why don't you tell, I mean, like, I, I, I think I agree with you, but I, I kind of want to hear you break it down. Because um, you seem to be pretty passionate about it. Yeah, it's just, I never see Dave send a trade that 
isn't like a complete abomination. Like I would, I would have expected Amon Ross St. Brown and Tyler's 2024 second as the actual deal that uh, Dave offered. That is what I'm kind of accustomed to is he'll ask for your second and you get his first or whatever it is. That always kind of feels like, you know, his modus operandi. And this, I just, I feel like this is a very fair trade. Obviously, the Rams are trying to win this season. Amon Ra is a rental player for eight games that he hopes can win him a championship. He's very good. Amon Ra St. Brown also historically has been fantastic in the last eight weeks of a season. So it just makes sense for the street meet. Obviously, you are looking at a non-certainty to make the playoffs. You're right in the middle of the pack and you just cannot be certain of what to do, all of a sudden, this opportunity lands in your lap. You don't have a first next season. Now you do. I don't know. I think it's brilliant, and I think very well done by both sides. Yeah, no, I, 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 I agree um, completely. And, uh, you know, I'm not surprised. Dave gets a bad rap, but, like, when he wants to win, he knows he's going to have to pay for, for a fair trade, especially. And like, if he can get a ripoff, sure, he'll do it. But, like, so will we. So will everybody. And, and we like to rag on him. But he'll, he'll start off with a crazy trade offer. But I think he'll end up, usually, um, with, with the bigger trades. It's, it's somewhere in the realm of reason. And and I think this is a completely fair trade. I think, you know, um, I, I wouldn't look at Amon Ra as a, as a rental because we've seen D- Dave's wizardry in an offseason where it he doesn't. He's not tied to anybody. He'll go in with Justin Jefferson and whatever next year, and he'll just start with a blank slate, and and who knows what he'll do. Amon Ra has value for him this offseason. Um, and and uh, I think, you know, Tyler gets to a great draft haul and also could get one of the star wide receivers in an up-and-coming Detroit offense in the future if Jameson Williams ever turns into something, which he still could because he's never really had an opportunity to really show out yet. Um, so it's not too late for him to be, we don't know anything really about him yet. I think he's still got a lot to, to, to prove. So great trade. Um, and, uh, I agree that it's just even, I mean, Jamison Williams was considered the top wide receiver of that, of that class at one point. Um, Mm -hmm. I personally don't think so. There's a reason I'm not working for an NFL franchise though. Um, I can't scout for shit, right? Like this is where we're at. So Trust the draft capital that the Lions spent on Jameson Williams. Trust the rest of the Dynasty fantasy community who was super high on him um, even after that injury, still having him a first-round grade back in 2021 when he was selected. And trust, or sorry, 2022. And trust that, you know, I got two draft picks back. I feel okay about it. I don't know that I could have kept Amon Ra in the in the future, right? Or if it even makes sense for me next year, um, and that future twenty or that twenty four first, um, while it's going to be, no matter what, right now towards the back end of that that draft, we've seen late first round picks actually have incredible value. Look at HN and the like this year. Ty J Spears, so second round oh, pick. He, did he really fall that far? I yeah, it was wonderful. That is still a crime. And you and I, yeah. All right. Oh, I was so happy. Regardless, same idea, right? Like these late, these picks in the like 14 through 20 range do end up popping off more often than, than I think we give them credit for. Um, and really, 
Drew, to your point, or Byron, to your point, both your points, the, the first offer you get from Dave, you really got to just, and, and anyone, because Drew, you're right, like we all would, would do the same thing, extract max value. Dave and I talked for like three days to get this done, probably longer than that. This this started in the off season, um, and and we finally got it done at what feels like good value for both. It it made me feel good, and, and we should move on. Yeah. This is a long pod, um, but it made me feel good because Amon Ra was my number one wide receiver target. I t- texted Tyler the week before, and when I look at this value that he got from it, it's not that I didn't have more value that I could have traded. It's that I would have either have to overpay or not be able to match this. Yeah. And because I don't have a second. And so it's like, I'm kind of, I was glad to see it. I was like, this is what I didn't want to pay for Amon Ra, but it's fair. So. And I, I do have an extra point here because of what Drew pointed out that people last season, RFA wide receivers were too expensive for the love of God. This is a PSA announcement. Do not trade a first for the rights to Amon Ra St. Brown. Like, that is all I'm asking for. Look at what happened in... I I disagree. Uh, Trade okay. them Let's look at Cooper Cup. Has that worked out? Let's look at Justin Jefferson. Remains Jeffersen. to be seen? Who? Remains to be seen. Justin Jefferson. The jury's oh, out. By the way, I just want to say, in the Cooper Cup trade... Was traded to a one. I do respect the fact that you got a first for Justin Jefferson. <laughs> so, I do respect the fact that you're calling yourself out with the Justin Jefferson thing. I don't even remember what you how that went down, but whatever. Jury is still out. I also think that I may have been opinion. beating the drum the loudest on this, and I've come around a little bit farther, a, a little bit closer to the like RFA rights for top wide receivers being valuable as that position. They just don't get injured the way running backs do. So we'll see going forward. They have value, yeah. maybe a little bit too much value last off season, but Lamb. I think they have value. It's they just have value. You can, gentlemen, you can get this. You could just drop them. You could sign them for $75 and then drop them over and Let over me tell and you over something, again though. and get them. You can for- say that. But, like, my biggest mistake in the season it wasn't an RFA wide receiver, but it was similar. Um, with I said Rutgers. that was a mistake. Huge mistake. It was like, a huge you mistake. You did, you did. It was a huge mistake. I admitted it. But, like, overall, pretty good offseason. But that was a huge mistake. I just, I mean, neither of us thought A.J. Brown was this good. This, this, we've both had our doubts about AJ Brown. I've had the, I'm the, very well documented in my doubts of AJ yes. Brown. And 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 we shouldn't get wrapped around the axle around that. But it wasn't the fact that he wasn't good. It's this consistency is ridiculous. He never gave me that. I hate, I'm so salty. That's it. Now, I have one more thing to add. I'm so sorry, but this is not over yet. Our trade deadline ends when, when this podcast comes out. It'll have another what six hours left. And there are four proposals. We don't know who the proposals are to or what the proposals are, but we know that there are four proposals left, which reminds me to tell the league, if you do not click hide my trade from the commissioner, the commissioner can see your trade. So please, for the love of God, do that. Tim, I'm telling you specifically, do that, okay? Tim's tips, tips. We are 58 minutes into this podcast, and we have not gotten to next week's games. So this is what I'm going to do, gentlemen. I'm going to very quickly go over 
four games that I don't think have a lot of importance or really require us to talk to. That's because one of the teams are tanking, if not both the teams are tanking. So very quickly, we have the Ionsville Cartographers facing off against the Darnstown Drush. The Drush are clear favorites in that. Jagannoff versus the Virginia Ground and Pound. The Ground and Pound are definitely going to lose that matchup. The Lewisburg Luchadors versus the Fancy Footwork. Actually interesting because we have two tanking teams. However, the Fancy Footworks are trying to lose on purpose, while the Luchadors, I just don't think, give a shit anymore. So, Ooh. oh, I'm so sorry, Tyler. You seem to have a point. I do. I actually wonder if, like, so the Luchadors made trades that indicate that they're they're going the other way, but, like, they're going to win this game. Like, and it's not going to be close, particularly close. Yeah. Getting to four and six, like, we got 10 teams between six and three and, and three and six right now. Like, yeah, I, I don't I, know what the rest I, of the season Sure, will, sure. But, like, but four, three and six teams are out. I mean, I'm just telling you, look at the schedules and, and look at the. Yeah, buyers. I haven't gone that um, far yet. So. The, the, you know, I'm sitting outside the playoffs at five and four right now. I'm General, we have going to. Stop this to podcast. Yeah. Like at some point, I'm so sorry to interrupt yeah. you, Drew, but we've got to get off. I just right? don't think the luchadors are done yet. That's all. Monocacy Street Meats are facing off the Frederick Scrubs after the trades that we just talked about. Frederick Scrubs have to be a clear favorite in this matchup. And now we're going to get into a little bit more interesting games. Drew, why don't you take us off? Yeah, let's start with the Arlington Darlings and home run hitters. I think we're going to be quick with this one as well. Um, it, it's not really super interesting, right? Darlings should win. They just got a defense to, to lock it in. They could lose, right? They could lose because the home run hitters are starting Derrick Henry, Joe Mixon, Tajay Spears, Tyler Lockett, Jacoby Myers, Nico Collins, all players that can get points. I think Arlington Darlings win this game if... The Najee Harris's, Deshaun Watson's, Geno Smiths of the world, Amari Cooper's, lay goose eggs that they're able to lay. They could lose. They could lose. Um, I think the Darlings win this one going away, and I don't think we should spend too much time on it. I've got nothing to add. No, your only concern is that those players you named, Drew, play a lot of really good defenses. Um, but I, the Darlings should win. Yeah. Uh, the next matchup that we have here is the Maniunk Loose Cannons and Philly Citywide. Um, you know... If you look at our site right now, the loose cannons are favored 72% to 28%. Uh, Philly Citywide started Darrington Evans in their in their second running back spot. It's just like not a great bye week for Kyle here. Um, forced to, to lean on a couple players like Khalil Shakir and Darrington Evans that he otherwise wouldn't. Um, and then on the other side, you get, you know, top level performances, hopefully, from Judy Olave and Elijah Moore this week. Um, otherwise, you really could see this you know, with Lamar Jackson, uh, if he if he can bounce back and have a good week, could kind of carry this team. Uh, the Vikings facing the Saints, who've been a little iffy as a uh, an offense facing opposing teams' defenses. Um, but otherwise, you got to think that Saquon and Javante Williams can outscore the combo of Aaron Jones and Darrington Evans by significant numbers. So, uh, loose cannon should should probably run away with this and solidify themselves as a playoff potential as well. Then we have the Breezewood Nuts, 6-3, and three, facing off against the Joes Primo team, also 6-3. and three. This is the two highest scoring teams in our league, and you would think that this matchup would be very interesting. 
I actually think it might not end up being so. Just because of the bad luck of the Joe's Primo team, he's got Tua on bye. Unfortunately, as we've already discussed, Josh Downs may not play. And then he just got Tutu Atwell. Unfortunately, Tutu Atwell also on bye as well. So he's going to put Kamara in in exchange for Jake Ferguson, I suppose. But even then, he still has to put in Jalen Hyatt and Jalen Tolbert as his two other wide receivers, unless he's feeling Brendan Johnson. I don't know. This team feels like it's just kind of destined for a loss this season, uh, excuse me, this week. Uh, And then you have the Nuts, who obviously have one of the best, with the highest scoring team in the league. You just have good players. He's obviously got two quarterbacks. He's probably going to replace, I don't know if he's going to replace Swift with Tommy DeVito or Jerome Ford. It'll be interesting to see. But regardless, this feels like it's a very clear win for the Nuts. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And without Tua, I mean, you know, I I talked about this. There's a lot of bye weeks coming up for a lot of teams, um, and and that's going to really significantly impact some of these games down the stretch. We're going to keep seeing this happen, where some of these big key matchups, you get a little bit closer, and you're like, oh, like they have some problems. Um, And uh, I've kind of looked at it in the future weeks, and um, the Joes gets it this week. Other teams get it in future weeks. Valley, got anything? No, I mean, I think, you know, you mentioned just to catch up. It, Philly's on by too, so Swift isn't coming in for anyone. You're keeping DeVito. Oh, that's there. right. No, 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 that's okay. I already it, – it's tough with the bye weeks, right? Like, last week was really bad. This week, at least, there's not nearly the same number there, of teams. But There is one team out there. There is one contending team that doesn't have a single impactful bye for the rest of the season. All right, we'll get there and in, in, we'll get there. Then let's get into what we're considering the game of the week. And just like the last matchup contained the one and two in terms of highest scoring teams, this matchup involves the two best records in the league. Vienna Rams are the best, seven and two versus the Punskatani Pensive Parakeets, eight and one. I think this is a very interesting matchup. Tyler, why don't you start us off? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think this is uh, – we've, we've saved this for last for a reason. Um, I think after the Rams moves, um, you're going to see – I mean, you might potentially see Gus Edwards in for Keaton Mitchell if you want a safer play over the, like, the very boom-bust potential that Keaton Mitchell, Keaton Mitchell holds. Um, but otherwise, if you look up and down both of these rosters, you're scoring a lot of points. The weakest spots here are going to be this on, – on the parakeet side – Pop Douglas and Alexander Madison could both lay up some duds. Minnesota going against a very competent defense in New Orleans. And Pop Douglas just being inconsistent and then going against uh, Indianapolis defense that's only gotten better as the season has gone along. Um, I know the site has it tilted towards Evan right now uh, and the parakeets, but I actually like uh, the Rams here in what I guess is going to be a slight upset with the upgrades they made. So true yeah i think i think i like the i think i like the parakeets uh here um i i still think these teams both have their weaknesses right and i think for parakeets you're looking at wide receiver and i don't love them and if for rams are the best even with gus edwards 
running backs a bit of a weakness. Um, and I think uh, with that said, I like the matchups for Parakeets. I like Tony Pollard. I think he's going to put up points. Um, I, I, I like uh, Sam Laporta this week um, a lot. I, I like Dak Prescott this week. Um, and I think because of that, you know, he'll, he might get there. Um, don't get me wrong. Amon Ra is also a great matchup. Josh Allen could be a great matchup too. Um, but I think all in all, I think they have players at every position that can get them points. Um, and it might come down to Joshua Dobbs versus like Sam Howell to see who, who, who wins this. And it'd be interesting. I think both can put up points. Um, it's going to be close. Um, and, but, uh, I'm going to go lean pensive parakeets, but, uh, it, I, I get why Tyler is picking Rams. All right, let's get into what the weekly award is. Well, excuse me, Drew, have you done the research? Who won oh, yeah. last week, and what was last week's? I forgot. Last week's matchup was uh, something about a snack, um, uh, but I, I forget what the quote was. To be honest, uh, it was a great quote. I forget who it was. Regardless. It was a hell of a side pot. The best side pot that we've had in this league ever, dare I say. It was the heaviest starting lineup. The heaviest starting lineup. And this was close. (laughs) This was razor thin. This came down to, uh, first of all, I'm going to call out one player. Uh, Apparently Dave doesn't like money. Dave was going up against Byron this week. Dave left 66 pounds on his bench. 66 pounds on his bench. Inexcusable in a give me win, give me win. That wouldn't have been enough. Dave finished 72 pounds off of the highest. But all he would have had to do was go drop a 180-pound player into a thing, go pick up a 230-pound wide receiver. There were plenty of them out there. Drop some scrub on your team. You had plenty to drop. He just doesn't like money. This was his to win. He would have won it by a long shot if he had done that done those moves and put his heaviest lineup in there he would have won the game won the week won the side body he doesn't like money everybody you heard it here first dave always saying do you like money he doesn't like money but the winner the winner of this law podcast streets meets you can see he was anxious he wasn't anxious apparently he didn't know he had no idea his starting lineup i was salty because i had a 1966 pound lineup wasn't even second. I came in third to Philly Citywide with a 1,988-pound lineup in first by seven pounds, 1,995 pounds. Tyler, big winner this week. It's got to feel good. Look, when you put A.J. Wow. Dillon and, and both of his thighs in your lineup, you know you're... you're <laughs> yeah, that was it. I remember going through it. I was like... Oh, he's got some fatties at running but back. But then you got to remember his running backs are tight ends. I have an incredibly like I think I have a... thick. You got those thighs at quarterback. That's right. And those thunder thighs at quarterback. Jalen Hurts and Gardner Minshew, right? Some... Those are some... you had some fatties. I was I was surprised. Well, and then I, I'm thinking about these wide receivers I have as like kind of lithe, like thin guys, but it's because they're six feet, six foot four, and six foot Man, six. I thought yeah. I had this on lock. I. Had to start two tight ends this week. So I had two tight ends in my lineup. There's 250 each. I had DK Metcalf in there. I was like, oh, yeah, I got this. I was 30 pounds My off. running backs combined to weigh 477 pounds. It was big. It was big. And these were, I mean, everybody, everybody was pretty much in the 1,900-pound range except for Joe's Primo team, just a bunch of little pansies out there at 1855. Um, but 
but you, you took it away by by a long shot. So. Cool. It's oh, it's some of the only money I'll win this, this year, so we appreciate it. <laughs> this week is going to be hell for Drew. I don't know. I haven't even looked into how I'm going to figure it out yet. I have to go to some stupid nerd site and find some stupid nerd statistic. I don't know why I did it, but it's lowest yards per route run. That's it. Lowest yards per route run. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it was real dumb. One of those ones I was like, this is good. I am an idiot. Oh, my God. <laughs> that may inform a lineup decision, though, for now that there's, like, squarely five or six teams trying to lose games. Well, there should have been last week. A lot of people couldn't. None of them tried. There were so many of us, though, like. I even sent out a message to the league in the group chat. I know. It's okay. And Dave, Dave was on the podcast. We talked about getting fatties on his team, and he didn't even do it. I'm disappointed. Anyway, that's it. All right. Well, that is our podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I think it's like double the length of our average podcast this season. Now, I just want to say, for those of you who face the brunt of our trade reviews, Alex, Justin, I'm looking at you. Just remember... Cause the play is gonna play, 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 play And the drill's gonna choo, 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 choo Baby, I'm just gonna trade, 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 trade I trade it out, I trade it out The jethel is gonna roar, 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 roar Where the strip is gonna play, 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 play Baby, I'm just gonna trade, 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 trade I trade it out, I trade it out I got all of the rocks I'm very nonchalant and that's what they don't see. Uh -huh. That's what they don't see. Uh -huh. Down on the phone. I make the dance up as I go. And that's what they don't know. Uh -huh. That's what they don't know. Uh -huh. But I keep texting. Can't stop, won't stop dealing. It's like I got this grown up in my mind. So we know. Baby, I'm just gonna trade, 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 trade.